Thank you. Good morning. Um, I'm reading from the NIV Bible, John 1, um, verses 1 to 14. In the beginning, the Word was the, sorry, I'll start again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that had been made, that had been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank you so much. What a wonderful uh, piece uh, of scripture. Uh, let me just pray for us. Uh, Father God, we do give thanks for the opportunity uh, that we have to be able to meet together and we give thanks for this uh, terrific piece of scripture. We ask, Lord, that as we uh, look at this passage from John 1, that you'll enable each of us to see that how you, our Lord Almighty, have become flesh. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. It's good that I caught you, Adrian. Um, uh, with, with the notes rather than having it disappear. We have at, at my school uh, a junior school chapel that happens first thing in the morning and then after recess we actually have a high school chapel and uh, normally I just leave my notes where we actually have chapel. There's no point me taking it. Anyway, I got to school and uh, I gave my first talk to the junior school, had my notes there and I thought I would leave it there when it came for me to actually give a similar talk to the high schoolers, I noticed my notes had gone and I thought the panic station started to actually kick in. What do I do? I need my notes. I can trust God. And then I said to my fellow chaplain, Mike, I said, have you seen my notes? And he said, what did they look like? I said, they look like notes. Um, <laughs> and, um, and in the process, he said, because what I do is that at the end of chapel, I get rid of all of the old and bring in the new. And I said, where exactly did you dispose of the old? And he said, in the bin. 
And so it was actually not a bin, it was the Otto bin. And there I was rummaging through before chapel and students were on their way to chapel looking at me, just a bit hungry. Um, and, and there I actually found them screwed up in the bin and, and managed to wipe them clean anyway. Um, I say that just to lighten the moment. Um, have you heard the expression, uh, putting a face to the voice? Um, I have a friend of mine called Stephen that I lived with for, uh, for many years while the two of us uh, were, were single. And it was the day where mobile phones didn't exist, but people actually had cordless phones. And uh, sometimes the phone would ring and I would answer it and it would be for Stephen. I would say hello and they would say, is Stephen there? And I would say, he is. Who will I say is calling? And uh, this person said, Antonina's here. And I said to Stephen, Antonina is on the phone, and he'd say, thank you very much. Anyway, this sort of happened over a period of weeks and months as my friends would ring me and Steve would say who it is, or Stephen's friends would actually ring him. But what happened was is that over a period of weeks and months and years, um, Antonina was a close friend of Stephen's. Um, uh, they went to school together and they actually kept in close contact with, them, with one another to the point that they would actually uh, call each other. And I still remember over a period of time, I actually started to get to know Antonina. I would actually sort of say, oh, uh, hello, who is it? Uh, and she would say, oh, it's uh, Antonina. Oh, hi, Antonina, George here. Anyway, uh, sometimes we actually found ourselves talking for up to half an hour. Even if Stephen wasn't here, we would sort of carry on the friendship. And I still never forget uh, when Stephen got married and I was there, Antonina was there, and I actually got to put the face behind the name. And sometimes that happens to us uh, in life. Um, The Gospel writer John is wanting to do this, and it's actually quite extraordinary. John is wanting to put the human face behind the voice. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And in verse 18, we're actually told this, right from the outset, that no one has ever seen God, uh, but we are actually about to see God um, in Him becoming human flesh amongst us. You know, you think that that might blow your mind enough to be able to actually sort of say that the Word is going to become flesh, but... John is actually saying this, since the beginning of creation, of the creation of the world, God, Jesus has always been there. The two of them are actually one. And it's an important doctrine that we actually even reflect on this morning, which is the doctrine of of the Trinity. Um, I know that uh, all of you here have actually looked at the book of Genesis over the past few weeks and, and months, and John seeks to answer the question that Jesus was there in the beginning, at before time, at the creation of the world, and he's wanting to actually say this, why has Jesus come? Why has he come? And can I outline, some people, um, uh, I come from a Greek Orthodox background, and they have pictures of Jesus uh, everywhere uh, in terms of who he is, and you know, often you'll see this blonde-haired, blue-eyed looking Jesus, but can I say, He just looked like a Middle Eastern man. Uh, There was nothing unique about his appearance. What was unique about him was the fact that he was God incarnate. He was God in flesh. If you would have lived 
uh, maybe 2,000 years ago and you were down street Jerusalem and a crowd of people walked past you and Jesus would have been part of them, you wouldn't have saw, oh, who is that man? He really stands out. He's got orange hair, blue eyes. Uh, Jesus was just an ordinary lo looking sort of person. Last holidays, I had to get a plumber. We had a leakage problem in our house. And uh, I phoned the plumber, the plumber came round, and then I realised um, I needed an electrician to come to fix the problem that the plumber didn't fix. And, and then the, the, the sort of the, the price kept happening. Then I had to buy a vanity unit uh, because the old vanity unit was gone. And, and I tried myself, can I say, to fix it. I'm one of these people that thinks, you know what, I can do that. I've seen a Bunnings commercial and, and, I, and I've gone to Bunnings and I've gone to aisle 14 and I've asked a 16-year-old boy how to do it and he's told me. And I think if a 16-year-old boy can do it, uh, I can do it and I can't. Um, and, so, and so anyway, I, I tried to do it. And you know, we, we try to do this in life, don't we? We actually try to fix things ourselves and sometimes things are actually beyond our ability. I remember even offering to my brother once, he was going to the dentist, and I said, um, you know, what are you doing? He said, I have to have root canal work done. I said, how much is this going to cost? He said, you know, five and a half thousand dollars. I said, five and a half thousand. I said, listen, I've got a drill, you know, in the, in the man cave, I'll do it for half price. Um, for some reason, he refused that. But uh, we, we, we see this, that sin has entered the world through Adam and Eve, but God promises that one will come to fix up the problem of sin. And this is no last minute sort of like fix the problem. God has actually planned this from the creation of the world that Jesus the King will come to fix up the problem of sin once and for all. And what John is even doing, that this is radical, John is actually challenging the thinking of the day. And the thinking of the day was is that you actually had Greek mythology. Has anybody here been to, to Greece? Uh, and you've seen, you've gone to the Acropolis and you've gone to the Parthenon and you can actually see, you know, and understand when the Apostle Paul in Acts 17 goes to Athens and he sees all the gods, the multiple gods. And there was even a god that he finds that had the inscription to an unknown God, that just in case I missed you, God, there's, there's space for you as well. There are gods everywhere. And the Apostle Paul, you know, reacts to what he actually sees. As a matter of fact, in, 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 in the Greek, the word that is used for the Apostle Paul's reaction is, is that he has epilepsy. He actually has a fit because of what he actually sees. And that's where we actually get the word epilepsy sort of from because within Greek mythology there, there was a god for everything. There was Zeus. That's actually the name of our dog, by the way, is Zeus. He's a beautiful little cavoodle um, and responds to the name Zeus. My son named him. Um, so there, there we have Zeus, the, the god of the sky. We have Poseidon, Hades, the god of the underworld, um, uh, Aphrodite, the god of love. And John is wanting to say this He's actually challenging the thinking of the day and he's saying what he's saying. There's one God. One God only and he created everything. 
And so Paul challenges the thinking of the day in terms of what we need to as well. It was interesting hearing Adrian this morning um, in his introduction was actually quite incredible about uh, the world in which we operate and the, the lack of trust people have uh, amongst leaders today is really, you know, we need to stop and sort of say we, we need to challenge this thinking of the world and we need to put Christianity back on the map in regards to what has actually happened. And so the word of God, not a God, but the word was there. Do you know what the Jehovah's Witnesses do um, to this passage? In, in John 1, and have a look at it, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Do you know what they do to the, to the truth of the scriptures? They say, in the beginning was the word, the word was a God. You know, isn't it subtle? You can just get the truth and just twist it a little bit and it says something very, very different. And that's what they love to be able to actually do is to be able to twist the truth. I had them knock on our door um, uh, several years ago and I challenged the guy and I said to the guy, you know what you have actually done to the Greek? He says that I said you have butchered it. You have put the word A in there where the A actually doesn't even exist. And this man said, well, this is what the Greek says. And I said to him, you're talking to a Greek. Um, and I went to get my Greek Bible and came back and the man was no longer there. Um, I, or, like, like he was as fast as Usain Bolt. He was, he, he, he was gone. He disappeared and since then they haven't come to our house. Um, we've been sort of blacklisted um, uh, to be able to actually do this. But can I say when they come, if anybody comes knocking on the door and they're, they're not Christian, just preach grace to them. Uh, let them know that they don't need to door knock to actually earn their salvation. It's a free gift. And so there's John. He's challenging this thinking in terms of what happens uh, within, within the world at large and in particularly how the word has become flesh. Several years ago, and I think I told you when I spoke on uh, the book of Ecclesiastes uh, last year that I had uh, ankle problems uh, from my track and field days and I went to the doctor and the doctor said let's get an x-ray he took an x-ray off it and he said your ankle looks fine uh, but he said I tell you what we'll do we'll do an MRI as well to see what else is there anyway we do the M MRI which is uh, this is simplistic in terms of what I want to say about it is, is that it's, uh, it's a different type of light it's a more powerful light and the news came back and he said you've got osteoarthritis all the way through your bones from your track and field days. And see, when it comes to the light of light and Jesus coming into the world, what does, what does John say that Jesus does? He exposes darkness. You know, if ever a brother or sister are caught in sin, can I say that what you must do when it comes to this is to call upon people to repent and to call upon people to actually get what is in the darkness and actually bring it into the light. And that's what John is saying about the person of Jesus. Bring him into the light in terms of him and what he's actually come to do. You see, sin is serious and sin is why Jesus had to come into the world. And that's why it's actually crucial that we see the importance of how we live in light of what he has actually come to do. Creation comes from the word of God. We look at Genesis and what does God say? 
in that opening verse, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning God does that in terms of calling creation and then and calling creation into light. And, and God says, let there be light. And there was light. You notice that when God speaks, things happen. Uh, God says, let there be light, and there's light. What, is, what happens to Jesus in his public ministry? What does he do when he's actually confronted with the wind and the waves? What does he say? Stop. Be still. And the wind and the waves are actually quietened. So John is sort of saying, when we reflect on the person of Jesus, that he is the light of the world. And then we have in Isaiah 55 verse 1, that the word of God, God's word goes out of his mouth and it will return, not empty, but God's word comes out and it will not be void. God's word comes out and impacts all of us. Do you know, when I, I'm a printer by trade, and um, this is going back many years ago, I left the trade, went to Bible college, uh, I worked as a youth minister, um, and then I went and worked at St Paul's Grammar School uh, as the chaplain uh, many years ago. And one day I was walking through the office area of St Paul's Grammar School, and um, the receptionist says, oh, you've got actually a call on line one, Vicky Marler. And you know what it's like when you know the name of somebody and you're trying to think, put the face to the name? You kind of think, who is that person? And I go to the phone, listen to what I did. It was very clever. At least I thought it was clever. I went, hey, Vicky, how are you? Hi, George. Um, yeah, how are things? I said, pretty good. When was the last time I saw you? Oh, you know, when you were a printer. And then I clicked, ah, oh, Vicky Marler, who answered the phone at the front office of the printing place that I worked at. Anyway, we were talking and stuff like that, and she said this to me. She said, George, um, my life has turned out to be a mess, and I want to speak to a Christian, and you're the only Christian that I know. You know, it's, it's extraordinary, isn't it? You just kind of live life kind of thinking, I left that behind me 15 years ago, and there's somebody now knocking on the door saying, I need help. And I was the only Christian that she knew. Anyway, we actually met uh, together. Uh, I said to her, when do you want to come out? And she said, tomorrow. Like it was that urgent she needed help. And I never forget, Vicky came around to my workplace. We sat down, we talked. She had a, a broken engagement. She'd been cheated on and uh, life had been torn apart, the poor thing. I said to her, you need to do a course called Christianity Explained. I said, where are you living? She said, on the northern beaches. I phoned uh, some faiths at Narrabeen and said to them, uh, look, there's a lady um, whose life has just turned upside down. They said, give us her details. They followed her up. Anyway, one evening, um, months, months later, Vicky called me to say that she'd become a Christian. You know, it's, it's extraordinary in terms of God's word does not go back void. Um, you know, we need to be people that are faithful and sharing the word with those that are around us. And you don't know who or when God's word will actually come back and impact the lives of people. God's word is living. God's word is active. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. You know, in the darkness... Expose it to light, as we've already said. 
And John goes on to actually talk about now John the Baptist. He, he was a witness to the light, but wasn't the light him, him, himself. And so then we actually have Jesus saying these words at the start of what? At the start of the Sermon on the Mount, where he talks about let your light shine before all people. You don't get a light and you don't hide it under a bed. You get the light so that the whole world is actually able to see it. And then he says this about the light. He says, he talks about being salt and being light. But when people see our good deeds, who do they thank? They actually thank God. It would be a bit like we've got a, a sign out on the main road here pointing up to the Blue Mountains and, and, and the sign sort of says to the Blue Mountains this way and the arrow pointing up the Blue Mountains. Let's say we decorated the sign so beautifully, neon lights, lights flashing, even have people dancing in front of it, people singing, all that sort of stuff. And people do this, people stop, take photos of the sign and actually go back home. I mean, it would be ridiculous. He says, let your light shine that when people see our deeds and see what we say and see what we do, what do they do? They actually thank God. And so we've actually got to be people that stand out in the light. And so there's this theme of not only in John's Gospel, but in the, one, in the book of 1 John, 2 John and 3 John, about the light and who Jesus is. And him saying this now in verse 12, that if you believe that Jesus is the light, you are a child of God. You know, God is your heavenly Father. We all have this light before us. Do you know my children... If you were to come to our place, you would hear them call this out in referring to me. They often call me Baba, which is the Greek word for dad. And um, growing up, when they were really, really young, they, I could hear them yelling out, Baba, Baba, come and help me. Come and do this with me. They recognise as me being uh, their father. And the unbelievable thing is, is that you enter when you come to faith. When you take communion, you're actually saying that you are a child of God you are a follower of God. No matter what happens, put your faith and trust in him. And this is, the, the highlight is verse 14. The word becomes flesh. The word was actually born into its own creation. The word actually suffers under its own creation. And he comes and does what? He, he dwells among us. He becomes one of us in terms of all that we do and all that we say. And as a matter of fact, the word that John uses is, is that Jesus comes and pitches his tent. It's a bit like, you know, for eight years, my wife and I, we did beach mission. And around the whole period of the new year, we would go down to Huskisson. And what did we do? We pitched our tent. We would put up our tent. And no longer is there for us now uh, a physical tent. We're actually in the new covenant. We're part of the believers who follow King Jesus and God is not contained by a tent anymore or by a temple. The, the curtain has been what? Torn from top to bottom. We all have access now to the living God, which is actually quite extraordinary. And these are the final two things that John says for us today. He says that Jesus comes into the world and these are extraordinary words. He is what? He is full of grace. He has the ability 
to be able to save us. We cannot save ourselves. And he's actually full of it. He's actually sort of saying, there is so much grace that nobody will miss out on this grace if they call upon King Jesus. And then the next thing that he does is, is that he is what? He's actually full of truth. You know, there's nothing false about him. You know, it's, he, he, he's full of it. And, and he's able to actually give us as much grace and as much truth um, as we like. Do you know, in 1962, uh, there was a band that went to Decca Records um, to actually wanting to release an album. And Decca Records actually said to um, this band, this group of young men who came together to wanted to actually produce an album, uh, Decca Records, to quote them, actually said this. They actually said, um, we don't like the sound of this music any, anymore. It's on the way out. And do you know who Decca Records knocked, knocked back? Yeah, the Beatles. Thank you. Some people yelled that out so quickly, I didn't even time to be able to actually say it. And there was two. Let's do it again. Some, one of you two have got to win. Um, but it's actually, it's actually quite incredible. They actually they turned them down. I mean, what fools they must have looked like uh, in terms of all that. Can I just say this about Jesus? Recognise him. Recognise who he is and what he's able to do. He, he is the king. He's actually come into the world and he brings so much with him. You know, this is almost like a Christmas message, isn't it? About the birth of Jesus coming into the world to actually save us. He's the king, he's the Lord, and above everything, he wants to be the Lord and the king of your life as well. Let me pray for us. Father, you pitched your tent among us. You became one of us. You actually are able to actually walk with us uh, in life. Help us all to see the importance of uh, the walls that you have broken down so we can have actually access to the Father. May all of us this morning see the importance of embracing him and embracing the grace that he gives and embracing the truth that he actually brings with himself. And we thank you for this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm taking my notes with me.